Welcome into The Harvest, a ministry dedicated to helping you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. I'm Andrew Stroud, and on today's show, I'm joined by Joey Odell. Now, Joey is an army chaplain, and he's an Anglican priest, and today we talk about Easter, the history of this celebration, the biblical roots of it, and how you and your family can get the most out of observing this important date on the Christian calendar. We also talk about some of the controversies surrounding Easter, the Easter bunny, even the word Easter, where it comes from, and some of the questions people have about some of the pagan influences on Easter and how serious you should take those. So hope you guys check it out and that you benefit from it. Well, Joey, thanks for joining us today on the show. Uh, We had you on several weeks back and we talked about Lent, Lent for beginners, people like myself. This is the first year that I'm observing Lent Um, and really appreciate you coming on again. We're going to be talking about Easter this week, but uh, welcome back to the show. Absolutely, Andrew. Uh, It's a blessing as always. It's great to connect to you and talk to you uh, just alone and to be able to talk about something as important as the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord uh, at Easter is uh, pretty motivated to talk about this. Yeah. And of course, circumstances out in society at large and in the world really have changed dramatically since the last time we talked with coronavirus and shelter at home orders. Right. So uh, maybe just a quick word. How, how are you guys doing? And how have you seen this affect, um, you know, per, your personal ministry? You're a chaplain in the Army. Right. What are things looking like for you personally and, and with ministry there? Sure. Well, personally, the, the impact has been uh, minimal in that we're homeschool family for most of our kids. And so, you know, we're already kind of shut in all here all the time anyway. Um, one of my sons goes to a school and so he's been home with us. So there's been some changes there. Um, we, you know, my wife can't get away, can't get out and go get coffee together. Uh, our date nights have changed from sitting down in a restaurant, enjoying a meal together to doing takeout from that restaurant and then bring that meal home to, uh, this past week we ate Chick-fil-A sitting in the Lowe's parking lot. So you know, <laughs> very romantic. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, but everyone kind of has been doing some lenting, I would say, uh, yeah. because of this, uh, you know, novel coronavirus situation. Everyone has had to give up things that we are used to doing, and uh, so we, we have some unintentional Lent observances going on. I think that may actually be helpful as we think about uh, the time and get ready to celebrate Easter. Yeah, I think so too. My wife and I were talking about that that very same thing of mm-hmm. of withgoing things that we are accustomed to, and we had already. Uh, made some commitments of things that we were going to forego in observance of Lent this year. And then, of course, you're right with uh, everything that's going on in in society and the shutdown, uh, the shutdown of huge segments of of our society. It really has changed life. And on a larger scale, I, I do think that it's it's God giving us an opportunity to reset our perspective and um to reconnect with the things in life that really matter when you, when you strip away, um, you know, a lot of the activities that we are accustomed to, to giving ourselves to throughout, throughout the week, what you're left with, I think is the things that are most important. In in some regards. Yes. Uh, You asked about my professional life and it, it doesn't play out that way when you're a chaplain or when you're a pastor, you know, the things we value the most are those, relationships between uh, our people and ourselves and our families getting together, uh, not just formal like celebrations of 
our God and what his works in history, but just that time together, uh, sharing our lives. And that's uh, been taken away in so many mm-hmm. respects. At the chapel, we do a lot of events. We bring a lot of people together to teach and instruct, and we get the opportunity to build relationships there that can become more fruitful and uh, counseling and worship ministries later. Um, also, one thing chaplains do a lot of is we walk around. Uh, we go to where our soldiers are and spend time there with them, and we kind of build trust that way by experiencing some of what they're experiencing and listening to them describe you know, what their lives are like, and we can't do that anymore. And so professionally, it's been a challenging time for me, not naturally a techie, to try to figure out ways to connect with soldiers and families, but yet I can't be in the same room as them. So um, that that's something I've given up that I didn't want to, um, mm-hmm. and it's made me appreciate that even more. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing in terms of e- even with this Sunday and uh, observing the Lord's Supper, you know, how do we how do we try to tackle that? We've definitely gone right. uh, technical with a lot of the Zoom webinars and we, we mm-hmm. are gathering virtually with our home right. home church community. Um, and you can obviously you can do that one to one as well if you already have those established mm-hmm. relationships. But it is um, it is kind of a, at least temporarily a new normal for us. Um, when it comes to being the church and making disciples and um, connecting with others in that way. Right. Um, but on, on the flip side, you know, I think about how, you know, Paul wrote most of the New Testament while he was confined in prison. You know, he was not That's able right. to to have those face-to-face interactions with folks, and, and yet right. the Lord clearly still used him in some amazing ways that we're still benefiting from here uh, 2,000 years later. So I'm, I'm confident Absolutely. that the Lord has some new lessons to teach us, and— uh, you know, we want to be available to him and, and learn, learn some new, some new ways of sharing our lives and sharing the message. Right. This, uh, I think that having this happen at the same time as Lent, uh, I saw a, a funny Facebook meme said, you know, kind of a strange flex to have Passover occur during a plague this year. Um, you know, <laughs> losing what we've lost willingly or unwillingly, uh, it turns us toward, like you said, some of the things that are most important to us. And and what we celebrate, you talk about celebration of communions, even tends to be even more important in the liturgical context, for liturgical congregations. And we really feel that loss. And so right. as we look to celebrate Easter, you know, reflect on Lent and some of the small things we thought we were going to give up, we compare them to the more some of the significant things we, or we are giving up. We look at the things we're giving up that maybe we're glad that we gave up because we were, maybe they were time wasters. Look at the challenge of this time of don't allow this time at home to just be like mm-hmm. ne- just nonstop Netflix, you know, but instead right. how do we use this extra time uh, to glorify God, to reflect upon what he's done in our lives. And I think that gives us an, an opportunity to prepare for Easter in a way that we wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. This is going to be a, in some ways we wanted to have this conversation about Easter regardless of the the pandemic that's going on. But this is going to be uh, a a unique year of celebrating Easter. Um, My wife was telling me that um, holy sites like uh, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, I think this is the first time Mm. that they are not going to have an Easter observance since the Black Plague. Um, Wow. I think it was in the 1300s, but many, many centuries um, Mm -hmm. since they have not been open to observe Easter with the public. So... You know, we wanted to talk about this regardless, but maybe for our community, we're going to get a chance to share some ways of observing Easter and 
And going back in, in the history of Easter, why is this important yeah. to us as believers? And I think the first thing I would like to ask you is, you know, in your view, do we as modern um, first world Christians, I, I want to mm-hmm. quantify it in that specific group, sure. modern day first world Christians, do you think that we have lost touch with the importance of Easter and the value of Easter? Mm-hmm. Uh, Somewhat. Um, and of course, it depends upon, you know, your context within that being first world um, Christians. Um, but in America, we, we look at Christmas as the biggest holiday of the year. Um, in the early church, Christmas wasn't even one of the principal feasts. Um, but Easter always has been from the very beginning. And when we kind of comb through the early church fathers and try to find records of what the church was doing, because, you know, we want to hope we hope to base what we're doing upon what the church has always done, and especially the early church, if we can, we find that the only day in which uh, was kind of a generally agreed upon semi-mandatory fast day was the day before Easter. Um, That Easter has been celebrated as early as we can find records of any celebration uh, for the Christian community um, during the first couple hundred years. Um, It's connected with Passover, of course, and we've lost that connection too. If you think about you know, the, the Easter Sunday gatherings we often have, how, how many of them involve communion? Um, what, uh, Passover was what Easter comes right on the back end of. And so there would have been that Passover-like celebration, that uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the Tridum, it was called, uh, where it was the three days of preparing and prayer for this feast, this principal feast of the church. Um, and it got them ready for this celebration the mo- because Jesus rose. Like that's the, the cornerstone of our faith is his death and resurrection. Um, the mystery of faith is his incarnation, his death, his resurrection and ascension. And uh, we, Easter is the crux of all that, the crux of human history. But on a Sunday morning, you know, even if we're, we're all dressed up, it's usually at nine or 11 on Sunday morning. The early church celebrated Easter at night, Saturday night. They gathered and had a, a long service called the vigil and it was ended at midnight when the Easter day began, they didn't want to wait until hmm. daytime. They didn't want to wait until the next day at the regular service time. They wanted to celebrate it as soon as they could. Um, and it was a really big deal for them because it's the cornerstone of our faith. Yeah. So, I mean, I know for myself growing up, I grew up in the Bible belt and, you know, Easter was definitely something that we observed, but I, I don't know, maybe it's because I was young. I, I don't think I really connected it its importance to the faith. Um, you know, we would, we would dress up, especially nice. And right. we would go to a, uh, a church service and I don't remember much beyond that, except, you know, afterwards there was Easter egg hunts and, and, and things of that nature, which I want to talk to you about some here, here shortly, but, but what is it that we can regain? I, I'd like you to walk us through Holy Week itself, which we're in the midst of right now. We're recording this on, on Monday the the video will come out on Thursday, uh, which is an important date in the uh, Holy Week uh, calendar. But why don't you walk us through this week in particular? A lot of folks are going to be listening to us um, towards the end of this week. But uh, what is it that the early Christians observed when it came to, to Holy Week? Right. Um, so Palm Sunday, which we just had, um, we see example of celebration of Palm Sunday, of the gathering of palms and singing of Hosanna. Uh, in the first, in the second centuries, and we have some writings that that reflect on it. So we know that was already happening then. 
Um, there really wasn't anything between that Palm Sunday and Thursday. And even Thursday came a little bit later. Um, but there was this time of preparation um, of prayer and fasting, at least the, the couple of days of Thursday, Friday, Saturday before Easter that the church celebrated. So Maundy Thursday, uh, Maundy, it sounds like kind of like a sad word, but it's actually taken from uh, Latin for command, a new command I've given you. Mondamus um, hmm. is uh, the word. And so Monday Thursday is about Jesus' command to love one another as he has loved us. And uh, liturgical churches will usually have a foot washing uh, as part of their service that evening um, during the Monday Thursday service. That also was a time historically in the church when those who had been kind of like disciplined from the church um, were reconciled to the church were brought back in and, and kind of go through the official like confession and repentance um, in order to be received fully within the church in time for Easter Sunday. Um, and then uh, also in your liturgical churches, Thursday will be the last night where a full communion service would be part of worship. And so you have your foot washing and you'll have uh, your communion. That's the last time that the, uh, the pastor or the priest would consecrate communion. It would be Thursday. Good Friday, uh, and, and you leave in silence on Monday, Thursday. There's no, normally there's like a song at the end and an acclamation of sending us forth, but you just walk out on Monday, Thursday. Uh, Good Friday service, you come in, um, and it's a, it's a quiet service, a dark service. If you take communion at all, it's communion that was consecrated the day before. Um, and then at the end of the Good Friday service, they do what's called stripping the altar. Where they, all the colors you think of for like liturgical services, they're all taken out and taken away. Um, and the table is left bare. Um, and it's, a, it's just a ver- you know, reflecting the sacrifice of Christ and what he's done. We don't have communion because he hasn't arisen yet and given us his body and blood in that way. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, there's no communion on Saturday at all. And typically it is a feast all day. I mean, a fast all day um, was the practice of the early church. So those three preceded Easter. Um, and then the Easter service, as I mentioned, was the, was the vigil. It was this preparation readiness for us. It's a very long service with readings that go uh, a couple, uh, several chapters in Genesis uh, covering creation, Noah, uh, Moses, um, and uh, then the Exodus. Uh, And then it goes into some of the uh, prophetic writings. So Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel, Joel, um, Zephaniah. uh, There's one more, one more prophet, Daniel. uh, They're readings from each of those and they're long. You often will have a song or, some kind of response in between those readings. And during this time, the, the church is dark. So there's a procession to start in that there's a fire usually outside that you light the pastoral candle with. That's the uh, like Passover. Jesus is our, our Passover lamb. So you light that candle. It's a special candle. It has like a cross on it, usually an alpha and omega and the year. Uh, and that the, you walk into the procession as a church and that candle and maybe some other candles that people are holding would be the only light. And after you've done all of those readings, uh, all the lights come on and you ring bells and you're singing and cheering and it's just a joyous celebration because that's usually would happen at midnight. This is the time it all out, so it works out that way. Uh, and then you go into this like joyous Easter service right right away in which you do have communion. Often you'll have baptisms. Baptisms usually set aside for that day, your renewal of baptismal vows. And all of those practices go all the way back to the early church. And then you're at a good church, you'll have a great meal after it all. So this is happening at midnight, uh, these baptisms, or is this the following? Is this on Sunday? 
So historically, it, it all happened all in, in one shot at night. Now, lots of churches aren't doing them quite that late uh, these days. Some will still have the Easter vigil, uh, so it ends at midnight or so the, uh, the lights come on at midnight. Um, but others, I think uh, mine in Kansas City, I think we it was earlier than that. Um, that we turned on the lights and everything. So we still started dark, but we celebrated mm-hmm. the same way, even though the hours may have been a little bit different. Um, but yes, all that happened. My children were baptized at an Easter vigil um, at you know late at night, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, and and you mentioned this is this is the the pattern that liturgical churches uh, tend to observe right. when it comes right. to Holy Week. Um, many of us did not grow up in in more of the high church, the uh, liturgical church, whether it be and, and what are we talking about there? We're talking about um, Episcopalian, Anglican, right, right, Catholic, Luther- Lutherans, Orthodox, um, yes, some Methodists. Yeah, but you know, for for most of us, probably that that was not our experience. That has not been our experience. We either grew up in right. low church backgrounds or maybe in no church uh, backgrounds. So all of that sounds, right. I don't know, even to me, it sounds um, somewhat archaic and almost like medieval. Like, oh man, they're walking down the aisle with a a candle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what's what's Absolutely. happening? It's it's dark. Um, and so, and, and a lot of us probably aren't going to become part of that type of uh, faith tradition when it comes to Christianity. But I guess what I would, would want to ask you is, mm-hmm. what are ways that we can become more invested in observing, sure. celebrating Easter? Mm-hmm. And I think this year maybe is the, the perfect example, because whether you yes. are high church or low church, you're probably going to need to be observing this more on your own or with your family. So do you have any plans with your family or anything you could share with our community of, of how they could get the most out of this, this Easter celebration? Right. Absolutely. Um, so essentially what we're going to do is we're going to do little home church services with me leading it, but I'm not going to put on all my stuff, uh, here so that my children can participate in kind of that drama, that narrative. Um, because I want them to be gripped by the story of what Jesus has done. That's so important. It's not just information for them to process. It's, it's a story that grabs our hearts. And um, you know, we do some things like when the children are small, you have your, uh, there's a product called the resurrection eggs. Like we'll, we'll, we do the resurrection eggs, um, the kids like that. But they're, they're, you know, I have a lot of bigger kids now. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to do shortened uh, church services for Monday, Thursday and for Good Friday. And then we'll do like a little Easter vigil of our house. Um, but then in the morning, we're, we're going to do, uh, when they get up, there'll be Easter baskets there for them. Um, so we, we do participate somewhat in, in some of those commercial aspects. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But as a family, do a little, just take some of those pieces that we know the church did. So look, foot washing is weird, right? I told my daughter, hey, wash your feet as part of this thing we're doing. She goes, no, dad, that's gross. Like, no, it's actually not, it's actually not gross compared to what Jesus did and the feet he washed, you know, Um, what their feet were like back then were disgusting. You know, you're walking around inside the house, you know, all day in air conditioning. Like this is easy. This is nothing. Um, You know, and and do, do a couple of the, of the readings um, with your kids or with your spouse. Um, You know, take a time and set apart to do a, do a, do a fast, just shoot for a 24 hour fast if you can on Saturday or an 18 hour fast or, um, something that's just to sharpen that remembrance that, 
we need what God has done for us in so many ways. And Christ gave so much for the, for, for us. I can give up a little bit right now to recognize that and then celebrate even more what he's done as I break that fast with our, you know, right after our Easter service. Um, you know, a lot of churches are offering the online services now, and I would encourage people to participate in that as much as you can. Um, if your church does, you know, hymns, then find a way to get the hymn, hymn you know, either print it up so you can sing it together as a family. Um, make sure you've got your, your Bibles out there and you're reading along with them. Uh, participate as much as you can uh, from home. But I really encourage families just to take the, that tritum, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and crack open the Bible, sing an appropriate song, do a, do a little ritual taken from what the church has done, shaped for your family, um, and participate in that millennia-long uh, fellowship of the church in this celebration of what Jesus has done for us. Yeah, I like that idea, and, and I think we're going to do something similar with, with our own family, even if it's just reading reading the story on right. each of those days, you know, reading yeah. the, the story from John 13 mm-hmm. on Thursday evening. Uh, and that's a great insight on, you know, that's historically known as Monday, Thursday. I did not right. know that that was from the, uh, I, I assume it's the Greek word for the, the commandment, the new commandment that, um, right. that Jesus gave his disciples. Right. So I think that's a, it's a great idea just to read through that. Um, maybe do the washing of the feet if that's something mm-hmm. uh, the family wants to do, yeah. but, but just try to put ourselves into the story yes. day by day. Um, to remind ourselves that, that like you mentioned earlier, this is the linchpin of the Christian faith, our, our mm-hmm. belief in the work of Jesus as the Lamb of God who mm-hmm. was sacrificed on the cross for the sins of right. the world, and our, our belief in his resurrection, that that sacrifice was accepted by God and that, that God validated Jesus, uh, the man Jesus, as his unique Son of God as the true Messiah, uh, demonstrated by his his resurrection from the grave on uh, Easter Amen. Sunday. So yeah, to try to, to this might be a great opportunity if 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 you would normally just sort of default to participating in the the corporate mm-hmm. uh, church services that are available mm-hmm. to you this year. Um, it's a great reason to just go for it. And uh, if you've yeah. got young kids uh, or a young family or even an older family like ours, uh, we're going to try to make it a real point to have the uh, our older grown kids over and awesome. celebrate um, celebrate this weekend. Um, one thing I've been thinking about is that mm-hmm. I've been convicted of is that, you know, Jesus is really, <laughs> he's worthy of our, mm-hmm. our attention, right. our affection, and and our devotion and observing easter this week i think it's that's that's the challenge is when i think about well why wouldn't i want to do this part of it part of the reasons are well it just feels out of place it's not my normal routine we don't typically do this on thursday and friday and saturday but that's kind of the point isn't it yes exactly Exactly. It's such a big deal that it's worth changing what we're used to to celebrate it. And uh, don't let the circumstances of the world around us like distract us or uh, deny us from celebrating as much as we can with those we love 
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, That would be a victory for the enemy. You know, let us Mm. not do that. Let's say no matter what is being thrown at us, we are going to celebrate Jesus as much as we can, tell others about him as much as we can. Well, let's let's dive into this topic of the commercialization of Easter because (laughs) it is is kind of fascinating. And there are some folks who have genuine questions about, hey, is it appropriate to celebrate Easter at all? Uh, mm-hmm. There are folks that I've talked to who have real questions about Easter as its and its observance, which is why I did want to talk with you mm-hmm. some about the history mm-hmm. of Easter. And this is mm-hmm. this is a celebration that goes back to the earliest records of Christianity. We're, we're talking yes. um, within a hundred years of of the life and death of Jesus. Um, you know, we have we have church history that tells us that this was not only observed, yeah. but it was widespread. That this was yes. throughout yes. the church. Um, right. The celebration. Now they they didn't call it Easter because there's a whole etymology of that word that we don't have right. to get into. But right. the celebration of Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection mm-hmm. as an right. annual celebration is something that goes all the way back. But there yes. are some questions about pagan um, mm-hmm. pagan. Um, what would you say? Rites that have sort of made their way into. Mm-hmm you know, where does the Easter bunny come from and eggs and, and even the name Easter, the word Easter itself. So can you uh, share with, with our listeners, you know, how should they think about these questions about the pagan influences on Easter? Right. Well, probably the first uh, thing to do is just remember the principle that we're, we're going to celebrate Christ and that's going to be what's most important for our family. And we will know that and our children will know that. And we're going to celebrate it in a way that, that's fun for them and engaging and uh, keeps the first thing first, but also like they're, they're going to enjoy. Uh, so when it comes to Easter Bunny, we don't do the Easter Bunny. We don't talk about the Easter Bunny. Um, we, we, we can't come up with a reason why that would be a good idea, I think. Um, so you, you do what you want, but I, I certainly can't come up with any good reason to have the Easter Bunny be a part of it. Darn it, I bought these gifts. I want them to know it. <laughs> uh, the, for our family right now, our Easter celebration uh, with what they get on Easter Sunday morning is far exceeds anything I experienced as a child. Uh, my wife, it, it was a bigger deal to her. And it's almost like mini, it's kind of mini Christmas uh, in right. our house on Easter Sunday. Yeah. They come down, they come charging down to see, and the baskets are all laid out and on display and <laughs> There's all kinds of candy in them and little stuffed animals and like a couple, couple of toys. And, uh, you know, they, it, it's a big deal. And I want them to be excited about Easter. Yes, excited about Jesus, but there's other things to be excited about too. And that's okay. My kids dig egg hunch in our yard last week. Um, I was off work and I was on leave and I said, we're going to do Easter egg hunt. So we, we went ahead and we did it. And they were happy because they get to find colored eggs and eat candy. And, right. uh, there, there was no. Uh, I looked around. I didn't see any druids or uh, Ishtars <laughs> around uh, influencing my children during that. Um, but you know, it, Easter has been. It, Easter is a weird word. It's only in English that we have that. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like calling. Uh, if, if Easter were in August and we called it uh, August Sunday, we wouldn't be worshiping Caesar Augustus. You know, it just came from the name mm-hmm. of a month in uh, mm-hmm. the old um, when when. They established it in Britain in, I think it's around the 600s. So, and we have the record of when Bede wrote about it. Um, right. But the, the important thing is just to keep the first thing first. 
uh, to celebrate what Jesus has done and to have a great time uh, with your family and with the people you can connect with. Um, if you're not trying to influence your children in a pagan direction, you won't be. Hmm. No, I, I like that a lot. And I think it goes back to, you know, Romans 14 and keeping a clear conscience. Uh, yes. And like you said, keeping the focus on Jesus. So I would say that those would be two guardrails that you can really navigate by if you're a parent um, Absolutely. With, with young children. Is what you're doing on Easter week and Easter weekend, mm-hmm. is it focused on Jesus? And is it yes. pointing your children to this this centerpiece of our faith and our yes. belief. Um, and then are you able to celebrate it in a way that maintains a clear conscience in, in your own, in your right. own mind? So if you've got concerns about Easter eggs, don't do Easter egg hunts. Um, right. Your kids won't, won't even miss it really. Uh, if it's not something, but, but you have the freedom to do that. Um, if it doesn't violate your conscience, if it's just a mm-hmm. fun event, um, maybe we'll have you on later this year and we'll talk about Halloween. I don't know, but I think that, that these are real questions. I think especially for young parents and young families, you know, sure. they're, they're questions that you don't typically think about as a, a single believer, but you right. start to have children, you begin to really question mm-hmm. like, man, should we, mm-hmm. should we talk about, should, should we let the kids believe in Santa? You know, should we let the right. kids mm-hmm. dress up and go trick or treating? Mm-hmm. And Easter is the same way, probably mm-hmm. to a less degree, but there are genuine questions that people have about, um, sh- you know, how should we observe Easter? But I think right. the important thing is to remember that, hey, this celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus goes centuries before the word Easter or the, the, yes. the bunny rabbit or the, the eggs. And so, you know, to hang on to that um, mm-hmm. seems completely reasonable. Absolutely. Uh, and just remember that the controversies about Easter, they're not new. Uh, one of the canons of the Council of Nicaea was to set the date firmly because <laughs> some people are celebrating Easter on the Sunday uh, in Passover and others are doing it the week after. So they said, no, it's going to be after the first full moon, uh, the sun- first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. But in the East, they use the Julian calendar. In the West, we use the Gregorian calendar. And so most years... Uh, that we celebrated on one week apart uh, when Easter is. That was even a controversy in uh, in England, and they had a synod that kind of worked that out, and also around 600 synod Whitby. Um, but every once in a while, that those they fall on the same date. I think 2025 is the next time that it's both on the same date. But controversies about Easter aren't new. No, that's true. That, that's true. And um, yeah, I, I did a little bit of research on that as well because I knew that that was one of the 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 controversies that goes way back is just when, when should we observe Easter? So we don't have to worry too much about that, but, um, Joey, I really appreciate you joining us today and sharing with us on Easter. Uh, I do hope that our community and especially uh, folks with, with children can, Mm -hmm. cannot miss this opportunity that these, these, you could say they're, they're tent poles that we have throughout the year that give us a chance, like you said, to do something out of the ordinary to, to draw our focus to Jesus and to who he is and what he has accomplished. Um, and this week is, is the high point of our year when we think about who Jesus is and, and what he's accomplished. Amen. So thanks for sharing these thoughts with us and uh, look forward to having you on the show again sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Andrew. God bless you, brother. 
Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.